this podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to the Me First series of discussions. Today is episode four. We'll be talking all about transition. This is the final discussion of the series. My name is Rashan and I worked for Me First for seven years. Today we have some amazing guests with such a breadth of knowledge and experience who have worked in paediatrics as well as adult services who will be enlightening us about transition and how the Me First project conversations around transition fits into the national guidelines. So no further ado, I'll let them introduce themselves. Welcome. Hi, I'm Louise Porter. I'm National Lead Nurse for Transition with the Bidet National Transition Nursing Network. The network was formed to help organisations across England to improve their transition pathways. There's myself and four other nurses that are working in the network. Hello, my name's Nikki Pettit. I'm consultant nurse for Youth and Transition. I'm based at University Hospitals in Birmingham. And you may wonder why I'm in Birmingham appearing on a Great Ormond Street podcast. And that is because I was really fortunate to work in collaboration with your Me First team to train as a trainer to deliver the fundamental uh, package to my colleagues here in my organisation in Birmingham. So that's really exciting. And my job here in Birmingham, I sit strategically um, within the organisation and we have have both paediatric and adult patients across an enormous trust over four sites. And my responsibilities are to work with their specialties to make sure that their transition pathways are in line with nice guidance and quality standards and ultimately delivering a great experience to the young people in our care. So lots to do and also encouraging the organisation just to think differently about how it cares for its young people. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a children's physiotherapist currently working in mental health and alongside that I work for the Me First project and I've been involved in designing the conversations about transition training module. Welcome, welcome everyone. What a breadth of knowledge we have on the podcast today. I am super excited. So my first question is, can you give us a summary of why transition has become such a national topic and priority? Yes, I think um, transition has become a national topic priority because transition has been a challenge for many years. There's been lots of documents and research articles that have been published showing what we need to do with transition and also showing that transition isn't working well. We know that the NHS long-term plan set out an ambition that by 2028, no young person would be lost between the gaps between children's and adult services. We do know that we need to support young people better and achieve good long-term health outcomes and to maximise them achieving their potential, so achieving their life goals and aspirations. We know that we don't necessarily do transition well and we know when transition isn't done well so they don't get the preparation and support they need that young people do struggle and they may disengage with health services and in disengaging with the health services they end up with poorer health and sometimes that can lead to death and that has been outlined in some cases such as the HSIP report of 2018. I think it has always been a priority for healthcare workers that are delivering transitional care but I think it's often been very hidden work I think that healthcare is getting much better at looking after people. And so I think it's become more and more of a kind of numbers game because more and more young people are living longer and healthier lives despite 
long-term conditions and underlying diseases. So I think it's always been a priority. I think it's it's become much more on people's agendas because there's been a big push in the last three years through a national project funded by the Burdett Trust to actually engage lead for transition and four regional nurse advisors to work alongside organisations in predominantly in healthcare settings to really encourage organisations to to think about transition in line with the NICE guidance. I think it's always been a priority for healthcare professionals, but I think that kind of strategic steer and awareness among perhaps more strategically placed decision makers has just had a real intense push in the last three years because people have been given permission to stop and look at it and think about it and reflect on it and start to identify the barriers to transition as well and start to think about why we might need to be looking at services for young people and their families in transition slightly differently. There's a lot of information out there that tells us we're not getting transition quite right yet. There's a lot of good work, but there's a lot of information where conversations aren't happening and that has a direct impact on the experiences of children and young people and it has an impact on their outcomes and it's harmful to their health if care isn't coordinated appropriately. It's actually so amazing to hear that we're actually starting to do something about transition and how Me First is now really thinking about those conversations to prevent people falling through the gap. My next question is, why is training related to transition so important? So training for healthcare professionals in transition is really important because lots of us don't know what we don't know. And I think that the care of adolescents and young people isn't covered in any undergraduates training for nurses or doctors. There's currently a bit of a a gap, in my opinion, around where people would go to learn how to care for young people. And I think there's a lot of amazingly passionate champions out there that have learned on the job. And unless you have kind of access to someone who's doing it well or good role models, then you might not know what to do in those kind of situations. I think it's we also need some more formal training because actually it's really difficult. I think dealing with young people can be challenging. I mean, it's wonderful and I love it, but I think it can be challenging. And I think some people are often a bit nervous about even communicating with young people, regardless of the topic. And I think it can be especially difficult because you're dealing not just with a young person, but perhaps with families and carers. And quite often, certainly in an adult setting, young people might not be your day-to-day bread and butter. So you might not get much practice at communicating well with young people. And I think that all of us come to work with our own kind of preconceived ideas and judgment. And young people often get a very bad press. And I think that that additionally makes people nervous and judgmental of a date of birth or information in the clinic letter. So absolutely, I think training from a transition perspective is really, really important because you're having to deliver really, really important information that is going to empower these young people to, you know, become more independent with their healthcare. They've got to learn about moving into new settings, approaches, systems They're against a backdrop of kind of changing bodies and changing life situations, going to school, going to getting a new job, having your first boyfriend deciding who and what you want to be and so I think 
it can become quite complicated and complex and I think healthcare professionals need some training just to kind of navigate all of those different journeys with these young people and that's not to paint a bleak picture that you know young people are really tricky but everything's on a spectrum isn't it so I think you just need some help to to see how you might engage better or opportunities to reflect or even just a space to acknowledge that it is really really difficult and we can't get it right all the time and sometimes we can't fix it and and that's important as well. Given that we know that care needs to be improved in the area of transition some of the key things that come out of listening to people that are working in this area or young people and parents that experience this process we know that communication is one of the key things that makes it difficult or it's the the key area where we're getting feedback that this needs to be improved and out of all of the work that's been happening with people like the Burdett Trust, we can see that communication training specifically does make a difference. And from our perspective at Me First, we know communication, of course, is key to the experiences and outcomes with children and young people in health and social care. And we also know that training can really, really make a big difference. It's a big part of improving the confidence, knowledge and skills of professionals. I think transition training is really important because we can't expect staff to deliver kind of high quality care if we haven't trained them to do that. And I think, you know, transition can be really complicated and confusing if you don't have the knowledge and skills that you need to be able to deliver it. Young people, they're not big children and they're not little adults. You know, it's a distinct developmental stage. And staff don't always recognise that. So we need to, you know, give staff the knowledge, but also give them the skills that they need to be able to meet the unique needs of this developmental group. We also need to engage them in their healthcare, and we need to give the staff the ability to engage with young people. And I think communication is key. You know, they need to have an understanding of how to communicate with young people because it is very different to communicating with children and with adults. And I think that the fundamentals of care is around that developmentally appropriate healthcare with young people. And then if we get the developmentally appropriate healthcare right, then actually transition becomes just a small element of that. Wow, amazing. So I guess this one is particularly for Rachel. If I was to come onto the Me First training about transition, or conversations about transition, what would it aim to teach me professionally and personally? So the Me First conversations about transition training module covers a number of different topics. We look at the Me First fundamentals. So there are six key aspects to a person-centered conversation, including things like what's the developmental level of the people in the room who should be involved in that conversation? What are the power dynamics in that conversation? What are aspects of difference like race, age, education, religion? And then who has capacity, who has consent? Those things can be really quite tricky in themselves, but then apply that to topics of transition and anything that comes out of that. So looking at really real life practical examples in the early stages of transition where people are looking at really nurturing and developing the skills of a young person. Thank you so much, Rachel. The next question is, what do you think gets in the way of having good conversations around transition? That's a really good question around barriers and I think the list is endless and will vary from person to person and no two young people and their families are the same but I think broadly speaking barriers might be you don't feel you have enough time 
that you don't feel you have the skills or the language to access a young person in inverted commas that you don't feel you're in the right place in the right environment communication is often just about finding that hook and you might feel that you don't have anything in common or any common ground or have an idea about what it's like to be that young person I think some of our young people um, transitioning have really complex kind of cognitive and mental needs they might not have capacity that can be that can make communication harder we've talked about the role of kind of parents and carers and it might be that you find that that's a barrier to the young person or the young person might feel that that's a barrier that you you want to speak to the young person themselves but you've got to kind of get through the the parents who've been looking after them for the last 16 years and and that's absolutely very natural and normal for that those family dynamics the services themselves for communication so if you're a pediatric healthcare professional and you know that actually there might not even be a service that matches yours so you're transitioning them into something that maybe doesn't exist or is not even comparable to the service that you're currently sitting in I think that can be very challenging I think you might not know where you're sending that young person on to so that kind of plan and prepare if you don't know what you're planning and preparing for you might be worried that the young person might ask questions that you don't have the answer to so I've talked about kind of what services might look like but you not feel very comfortable talking about the kind of sex drugs and rock and roll elements of being a young person so that might put you off so I think there's kind of personal barriers I think there's service barriers I think there's environmental barriers attitudes it's really really complicated and you you won't get it right every time as well it's a really good question I think a lot of the time one of the key answers that comes up about this is time really difficult to ring fence time about transition specifically when the reality is there's often so many other things going on that take priority we're talking about young people that have got maybe complex needs long-term conditions various different services involved and those clinical needs those other needs often take priorities a lot going on for those individuals they've got a number of different things to work on a number of different appointments, often with competing things for their time. And that's also fitting in with the rest of their life, you know, with schoolwork and family life and other things. So time is a real issue. And then there's the other concept of how services can be complex. Young people are often involved in different services. So the work of coordinating that care, coordinating the options that are available, coordinating and supporting people when there aren't that many options available, these things can be quite tricky to talk about. It can be quite jarring for people to think about a young person taking more responsibility for themselves when the parents and the professionals are very have been used to being very heavily involved. And that that transition, that process of of changing hands, or if that young person isn't able to do that, if the situation means actually that there will continue to be a certain level of dependency. Um, being able to navigate that and support that in an appropriate way can be really quite challenging. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, our next question is, what makes the Me First conversation around transition course different from other trainings available about transition? In my experience, what Me First is really good at is really bringing the voice of children and young people into training. The background to the project is really thorough in terms of making sure young people are at the heart 
of the information that feeds into the training, designing the training program. We're really hearing from them about what they want from conversations to support their needs, to support what they want from a conversation about transition. And that's through speaking to a number of different people, children, young people, professionals, parents, but also having a young advisor present, co-training, co-delivering each training course and making sure that that's that's held. And the other thing I think we're really good at is really learning from day-to-day reality, really hearing real-life stories, having people with experience, again, designing the training, developing the training, teaching the training, in terms of, again, what works in daily practice? How, uh, What can we use to support these conversations? What resources can we use? What words, what phrases? Really absolutely useful tools in what to say and what to do. So it's not just learning theory, it's not just having an understanding of your approach. It's actually what do you say? What do you do in any given situation? And we we tailor the training to the individuals that come on the training. So each session will be slightly different because we really want to make sure that the people that are in the training, it's relevant to their particular scenarios, their background, their day-to-day work, so that they can take that back immediately into their practice and, and run with it. Well, I'm not sure that there is other training about transition so that would immediately make it very different because it's doing what it says on the tin because it builds on the fundamentals and the master classes and all of the great work that already exists through the me first program i think it applies that to transition the fact that young people and their families have been involved in the training really puts you know young young people at the heart of it and that's that's amazing we huge strength of the whole me first program that this is kind of out of the mouths of those that we want to make things better for and and young people and their families have shared their lived experiences and you know the good the bad the ugly and the absolutely amazing and I think that's really really important so the fact it's even looking at transition the fact it's looking at communication styles and the fact that it's been based on the lived experiences of young people and their families and been kind of shaped by key experts nationally make it fantastic program and the fact that it's delivered by passionate people who really care about it and want to make a difference really helps and I think it's a very realistic piece of work as well in the sense that you you know there often isn't a black and white clear answer there's lots of grey and it creates a space for busy healthcare professionals to stop and and reflect on their practice and and consider a few kind of tweaks and changes that they might make next time and and that's really really important and we've got to be kind to ourselves as well this question is particularly for louise but if you guys do feel like adding anything please do how does the me first transition training meet the needs for the national outcall for transition yeah, so from a national point of view, this module does meet the needs of the national call out for um, training and for transition in general. So we know that there is inconsistent training out there. So there's very little training that people can access and it's a little bit different from wherever you are based. So you might have some training in your organisation that could be completely different to somebody else's training. So it's a little bit ad hoc across the, across England at the moment. So what we want to do is um, bring that together and have a national training package that is consistent. So where we've got consistent training, we then might have consistent skills that are able to be put out there in practice. And then we'll be able to assess the need to have when looking at after young people. 
people against that training with the capabilities framework to see that they've got the knowledge and skills. So we get a consistent approach, not just across an organisation, but across all providers across England. So it's kind of bridging that gap, really. And I think for this module in particular, it's specifically aimed at communication. So it's not about transition training. It's not telling you how to do transition as in a process. It's actually telling you how to communicate properly with young people and those specific conversations within that transition age range and within that transition process that is really, really important and very specific. And I think from my experience in the past of um, sitting in many clinics and watching conversations and talking to lots of professionals about their communication skills, and the way their clinics run. What we hear from professionals and you know staff in general out there is that sometimes they think they've got really good communication skills, but actually when we watch, they might not be specifically targeted for young people appropriately. So there are courses out there that people can do on communication, but there's very few that are specifically for young people. That's why this course is absolutely brilliant because it is specifically targeted for the communication of young people. And we need to make sure that people understand that, that it's not just another kind of transition training module that people are doing, that it is one of the only ones that will target that specific communication need. MeFest has the benefit of having years of experience in communication training. We have years of experience of listening to children, young people and parents and a wide range of professionals in what's helpful to develop the skills, the knowledge, the confidence of professionals and to make sure that these conversations, our approach is relevant and useful and makes a difference. This is really the heart of what we do. We want to make a difference for children and young people. We want to improve their experience of care. We've created training in the past that's for a diverse range of different topics, one of which is transition. And when we connected with the experts in transition in figuring out that actually communication is a key aspect of what we need to improve on with the work in transition, it was an ideal partnership. So it's really exciting for me first to be able to get together with the experts in the field in England, with the Burdett Trust, and look at what's needed, what's the lack of training, what's really needed in terms of developmental needs, so that we can use their expertise, they can use our expertise, we can share best practice and develop something that works. And through doing that process and having a couple of pilots to really hone what's the content of the training, we're we're really proud of what we've come up with. What was your experience of developing the me first training about transition module and what was it like to actually take part in the course itself i feel so privileged to be in this role developing this training working with experts in the field hearing from them learning from them learning from them specifically in transition and thinking what that looks like what that needs to look like what's a you know what's the blue sky thinking learning about what's not great to really make sure that we're we're developing something that works it's new it's exciting to do and with with the benefit of all the experience behind me first it's really it's really rewarding to be able to provide something that's good that I I can also learn from I, I love doing the training with me first I love doing the development because it it's so enriching in continuing to develop my own practice as well as being able to support others to develop theirs so it was fantastic to be involved in the development of the model. It was really helpful to have um, so many 
kind of experts in transition welcomed into the room to be able to kind of share their experience and help to shape the training going forward, being able to give advice on some of the situations that they might have been involved in or have spoken to people about. So I think that that really helped the module to develop in a very holistic, organic way. And I think having young people involved as well was absolutely brilliant. So that co-production. So we really are getting to actually what young people want and what young people will need. And that really helps us as professionals to understand that the training that we're providing is definitely meeting the needs of the patient group that we're focused on, but also helps us to think in a slightly different way as well. Because I think there's a lot of assumptions when we're professionals that we understand and we know, but actually we don't always. So it was brilliant to have that breadth and depth of knowledge with the inclusion of the young people within that. But it wasn't, you know, tokenistic inclusion. It was absolutely that they were shaping that going forward and, and leading it as well, which was absolutely brilliant. And I think from a point of view of being involved in, you know, participating in the module, it was fantastic. And I think that we came away from the end of the day just thinking that actually we'd had a few iterations of it and it was just perfect, actually by the time we got to the end of it and it was a building up of knowledge and that's what I really liked was the fundamentals were in the morning so it was all that foundations of how we communicate with um, children young people and then moving on to the training and specifically around transition in the afternoon and everything just slotted together and was like a seamless move from one to the other and it was just a building on knowledge and being able to add in that specific training need around transition at the end of it and there was plenty of time for reflection plenty of time for discussion and practicing so it was a really nice blend and although we did it virtually I think out of all of the training that I have done, I think this one probably worked the best in a virtual format as well, because sometimes you feel like you're missing something by not being face to face, but I think it worked really well. So we really enjoyed the training. Our last and final question, which actually goes out to Rachel. What have you learned from talking to children and people about transition? So much from listening to children and young people about transition. I think the key things I seem to remember from the focus groups that came out were again just really highlighting the importance of being holistic and not making assumptions about what's going on for a young person so the key things they talked about were things like are you looking after my mental health are you considering what's going on for me right now mentally and socially what's going on for them at school and really making sure that we're setting aside that time to speak about transition speak about transition and speak about them in transition in their particular context I would like to say a huge thank you to Louise, Nikki and Rachel for actually taking the time out of their day to record with us. I'd like to say a big thank you to you, our audience, for listening in. And thank you if you tuned into every single episode. We thank you greatly. Hopefully you gained a bit of insight and knowledge about what Me First is, but also who is also working on the team and what we provide. If you haven't already, please do check out our website at www.mefirst.co.uk. But thank you again. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed all of our discussions and we hope to create something new soon. So thank you. I'm Rashan, as you all know, and it has been an honor hosting some of the episodes. So thank you.